Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the Kanan to my Sabine. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. Or I guess the Darksaber to my Sabine. Mm, uh-huh. Or do you want to be the Sabine to my Darksaber? <laughs> the Sabine to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my mom, Maria. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about Trials of the Dark Saber, written by Dave Filoni and directed by Stuart Lee. In Trials of the Dark Saber, Sabine reluctantly agrees to learn how to wield an ancient Mandalorian weapon in order to help recruit her people to join the rebels, but she finds the challenge more difficult than expected. So this episode, mommy. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I I have no words. Uh, this is the end of the podcast. Bye, uh, everyone. <laughs> I, I was like, yes, finally, I know what happened. Because it's like all shrouded in mystery, at least for me, you know? No, everyone, everyone didn't like, know Sabine. What is it that, that happened between her and her family, you know? Yeah. Now we know. Now we know. And it's because she's kept it bottled up. We didn't know those details. And I know people were saying, oh, you know, we learned more about her in this episode than in the last two seasons. And it's because it was intentionally done that way. Sabine had a wall and around that wall her. wall needed to be knocked out. And yeah. The, the- Mama said, knock you out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who usually sings things about me. <laughs> so yeah, she needed to finally face her demons and man, we went on an emotional ride. roller coaster. Yeah, cuz at one moment I was so freaking angry with her. Like, really, girl? And then at other it was like, "Oh, man, poor thing." <laughs> Moving into the episode, we have Sabine seeing Fen Rao as he's going into the ghosts. So I feel like she immediately knows. Oh, yeah. She like, knew exactly what they were going to talk about. Yeah. Especially because of the way we see her later on. She's waiting in her room. Yep. So how do you like Fen's new look? I think he looks very dashing. Very slick. <laughs> you know, like like oily. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, like slick, like a fancy with the hair well done. You could you know? even see his hair, mommy. But, but the whole slickness the of the yeah, yeah, the whole slickness of the of, of the, the head helmet. Yeah, yeah. And the way it contours to the face. Yes, and, yes. <laughs> Yeah, Jonah, you have to use your imagination. Yes, yes, my imagination. Oh, man, but his voice is so sexy by <laughs> Kevin McKidd. Oh, I can listen to that man talk all day. <laughs> and so Kanan shows him the Darksaber, and I like the way that Fen recognizes it. He actually looks amazed and in awe, and he, he says that it's a symbol for the leader of House Vizsla. And then that's when it turns into this animated story. Oh, that was that awesome. Was so I, I cool. love that. I remember when I saw it in... in um, Deadly Hallows. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I love. I think that was the best part of the whole freaking movie. <laughs> right, it really was. Yeah. It really was. When I saw it happening here, I was like, "Yes, that's cool. <laughs> that is cool." I really like that they incorporated 2D animation. Yeah, with 3D. Yeah, oh, man, I would really love to see a Star Wars animated show in 2D. Really? I think so. I, I would whoa, love whoa, whoa. to see that. Ah, me too. Well, I mean, I know. miss 2D animation. Yeah, that's true. Everything's so CG nowadays. 
Well, it's still art. It's still it's still art. No, it's still gorgeous. Rebels <laughs> is an example of that, it's in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I think Wars. we will miss a lot of the expressions. Stuff. I yeah. think, and yeah. yeah, the subtle expressions. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I guess I can see why people would favor 3D. So then we have Sabine giving the saber over to Kanan because she didn't want to do anything with it. She didn't want any of the responsibility or anything that came with it. And she hasn't spoken about it to Kanan or anyone since then. And this was in the Visions and Voices episode, which, by the way, I'm going to say this. I want people to let it sink in. (laughs) But had Ezra not agreed to Maul's conditions, they would not have gone to Dathomir, and Sabine would not have gotten her hands on that saber, and we would not have had this amazing episode. So you're welcome on behalf of Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) You got your moment, huh, Jonah? You got your moment. People always hating on him for the decisions he makes. Well, look, that decision Decision led led to finding the dark saber. saber. There you go. And so, Fen says that if Sabine wields it, that she can unite the most powerful house in Mandalore. Which is, I mean, just thinking about that overwhelms me. Because that's essentially being, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a leader. I like to be in charge when it comes to group projects. But in, in order to unify clans of Mandalore, that's a lot. That's a big yeah. group project. Yes. <laughs> that will take more than just a couple pieces of paper and a pencil. <laughs> no, yes. And so Kanan says that Fen is talking about raising an army. And Fen says with Sabine leading it. And I love the chanting that's in the background. That's so cool. It reminds me of, <laughs> of uh, the Republic Commando books because they were based off of the Maori culture. Uh, I remember the clone troopers had their own version of Hakka, the Hakka dance. Uh-huh. And oh, man. It gave me so much energy. (laughs) So it's cool that you can hear the chants, and it gave me goosebumps. And if you don't know what the haka is, I'm going to insert an audio clip right now so you can listen to it, because it's awesome. (laughs) Haka is simply a dance that we do prior to battle, uh, back in traditional times. It was used to intimidate your opponent. How we see haka today is usually the aggressive dance that we perform. When we do haka, there's a message within the haka, whether it's a social message or a tribute to somebody. It's a vehicle for us to be able to express ourselves in the present. So the first part of the haka actually talks about who we are and where we're from, and that we belong here. We don't own the land, we belong to it, and while we're here, we are the guardians of that land. And the second part of the haka is about the challenges that may arise. In the lines. Right, let's go. Oh, 
good boys there was much better I think it's the spirit that when the haka is done well that's that's what captures people and they may not be Māori but there's something in there that, that they connect with Haka has been a part of New Zealand for a long time it will always be Māori and it doesn't matter whether you're Māori, Chinese, Vietnamese Pākehā, it doesn't matter we're all one when we hear that haka perform prior to the match and then Sabine is sitting in her room, and one of the first things you see is a portrait of the family, of the ghost crew. Yes. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, she did, like, basically caricatures of everybody, you know? Very childlike drawing, but it said so much. Yeah, it shows that, you know, family is more than just blood, you know? No, that- yeah. And not everyone is fortunate enough to be in a nice, loving family. Thankfully, I I am. But not everyone can say the same. So you make your own family. Yes. And Sabine made hers with the ghost crew. And I can also see why she's reluctant to hold the saber because that would essentially pull her away Away. from what she's established as her family. Yep. To then face a family that she wants nothing to do with or they don't want anything anything to do do with with her. her. Yeah. And then Chopper comes in. Yeah. That was such a sweet to, to, moment. To tell her everybody's waiting. Yeah. And I love how he purred when she yes! touched him. It was like... <laughs> He's a cat. He's yeah. a space cat. Yeah. <laughs> and Kanan tells her to consider what Fen is saying. To which she and Ezra go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Ezra... Oh, God. I love Ezra. He says, yeah, Kanan, but... That doesn't mean she can fight with it. No offense. What it mean, what I mean is, look, it's taken me a while to learn. And I mean, I use the force. <laughs> and Hera, and Hera's look is like... She looks so offended by like, it. Like, really, boy? Really? <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, and I, I tweeted this at the time when I was watching the episode. You have to consider the fact that Ezra, when he thinks of a lightsaber, he only thinks of a force user. Yes, sir wielding it he yes. hasn't seen finn holding a lightsaber he hasn't seen other people who aren't force sensitive holding a lightsaber but also the fact that he now understands what the lightsaber is yes yeah so it's why, a weapon of the jedi so while people that don't wield the force can wield the lightsaber only people who wield the force will really become one with that saber. But then Sabine kind of became one with the saber she has. Yeah. And that's why I question when she kicked the rock and the rock moved, <laughs> whether the Bendu can sense non-sensitive force people mm. as opposed to only because if he can sense only people who who wield the force that means a lot mm. that means that Sabine has the potential if she has it in her and yes everybody has it yeah because I was just gonna say that and Kanan says it Kanan yeah. says that but the ability to actually wield manipulate it, it manipulate it that to me means she has it See, but you think Chirrut from Rogue One has the Force. Personally, I don't think so. Well, in the sense that if he had had the training, he would have been a Jedi. There's a difference between having the ability and not being able to develop it and having the ability and develop it or just simply being in tune with your surroundings, 
with the force and everything around you. You know, you, you can be in tune with your hearing and your touch and your seeing, you know, but that doesn't necessarily make you a wielder, you know. Right. Then you have the people who have the ability, if trained to wield that power, but unfortunately haven't gotten the, the opportunity to. What do you think Ezra would have been if he hadn't found Canaan? He would have kept thinking he's just, you know, lucky. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can see that. And, and he would have never developed into anything more. Just like Sherrod was able to fight the way he was and use that sensitivity that he had to do the things that he did. If he had had somebody, he would have most likely be a Jedi. Ah. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, that that's just me. That's my thing. So I don't know. I I understand that there's others that can wield because we know by the history of the Mandalore people, somebody Tarvisma, else. Yeah, yeah, you know. And that's pretty cool too. The yeah. fact that it's it's now established that there was a, a Mandalorian Jedi, which yeah. sounds kind of like a contradiction. <laughs> Because they're such a warrior-like people, and the Jedi are very peaceful. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool how they established this this part of the canon, yeah. essentially, thousands of years before what's taking place right now. And so Sabine, you know, she in response says, I have a family here on this ship. I don't need them, meaning the people, people in Mandalore. on Mandalore. She's very attached to the ghost crew. Yes. I would say more so than any of the others, more so than Ezra. Oh, yeah, I think so. But it's, it's also a, a consequence of what happened to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. So. She's a product of, of that. And then Hera chimes in and she says that they do need them. They need those Mandalorian warriors. And she says, if there's a chance that you can rally an army of Mandalorian warriors to our cause, I have to ask you to do it. And then she goes on to say, family history can be painful. Believe me, I know. But we can use those warriors for our attack on Lothal. So she's trying to get more people to be able to follow through with this plan that's been ongoing. This is yes. a thing that's been carrying through for the last couple of episodes. Do you think it was right of them? To, and even Kanan says, you know, we have to ask you, but you don't have to do well, this. He said it best. Yeah, he did. We have to. We have to ask you. Otherwise, we're not true to the cause. Exactly. Because how can we ask other people? from other places to join us or do the things that we need them to do if we're not willing to ask the same sacrifices of those we love and have near exactly. us. Exactly, yeah. So they do have to ask her. Mm -hmm. But she has if, she, if she says no, they won't shun her. They won't be disappointed because it is her decision. It is, yeah, yeah. And so Sabrina agrees to it reluctantly and says that she'll, quote, unquote, try her best. To which Ezra... <laughs> Being the smart Alec that he is, says, first lesson, don't try, just learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people, I mean, people always find something, whatever he says, whatever he does, people will always find some annoyance with this character. But, man, I just took it as, like, some brotherly interaction. He was trying to make 
a light of a very difficult yes, situation. Exactly, very and serious situation. And he knew situation. it and he understood it because he doesn't know her story, but he knows her. Yeah. So it's like somebody who knows you and sees you going through trials and tribulations and, and they just try to make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> she basically... <laughs> she was like, I'm going to kick you. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's in essence what he was trying to do. Yeah. He was trying to lighten the, mo- the mood. Yeah. Hera was also shaking her head as well. And I was like, come on, Hera. Because they, they're very seriously, you know, and both of them, Hera and Sabine, for them too, it's more difficult to understand why the lightness of Ezra's responses. This is how he deals with it. Yeah. <laughs> And so they go off into the distance away from the base. And Kanan says that there's less distractions. And Ezra, <laughs> again, with the yeah. with the humor, he yeah. says, and it's safer for everyone else. You do less damage. Yes. <laughs> and Sabine, in response, she says, I'll damage you if you don't shut up. <laughs> And and this is exactly what family will do. Yeah. This is what family does to each other. They make each other crazy. Right, right. But they do it because they love each other. Yeah. They care about each, each other. other. Yeah. And everybody deals with situations in a different way. way. Yeah. Agreed. And then there's also the instance where they're moving their equipment around and they sit down. Sabine expects that there's more training, actual training involved. And, and Ezra says, well, he was the same with me. And Kanan's like, yeah. And look how well you turned out. Very sarcastic. <laughs> Wait, do you think that was yes. sarcastic? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That was a very, it's like you making praises of how good you turn out. I mean, saying, mm, okay, Diana. <laughs> And I love that Sabine said, are you being serious? Is he being serious? (laughs) And Ezra, I can never tell. Tell. (laughs) That is so true. I thought he was being legitimately sincere. No, he was being sarcastic. (laughs) I love that. And so Kanan and Sabine actually do some training. And even though she says that she's great with a saber, she actually is very rough around the edges when it comes to that kind of combat. And so there's this one instance where Kanan basically owns her. (laughs) And (laughs) Ezra goes, Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's such a jerk. I love it. (laughs) And so uh, Kanan tells her that she should practice with Ezra and learn the basic forms. And I love how enthusiastic Ezra is yeah, he, about being he in the wants, teaching position. He, he he wants her to learn. He he wants her to succeed. Yeah. And this is why he's been a jokester. You know, he wants to get her out of that funk. He wants her to be more into it, more accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And ma- what makes me laugh is that a lot of people, especially on social media, rely on that kind of humor to be able to go about their daily lives. Like, especially now, given the political situation that we're in and such polar opposite opinions everywhere, people always find some sort of joke or, you know, memes to, or whatever. To make the mood, the, yeah. the mood be less tense. Less, less tense. So that's why it boggles my mind when people 
find those type of Ezra moments to be jerked. I mean, I know I said Jerky. earlier that he's jerk. He's a jerk, but I, I said that in a loving way. Some people say it in a very nasty way. Yeah, and he gets a lot of name calling. So that's why I'm just like he is exactly what you will do on social media. Why yes. are you hating on that? <laughs> We don't like what we see in the middle, Jonah. Uh, in the mirror, what what do you think? We're always changing ourselves. That's true. This is true, mommy. Oh wow, that was that's something you find in a fortune cookie. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and so you have Hera and Kanan talking as they're training, as Sabine is learning the basic forms with Ezra, and Hera's surprised that Sabine is using sticks. You know, you didn't show Ezra how to fight by using sticks. I like that they're talking and that he's seeking yeah. her advice and just being able to relay whatever he's feeling or whatever he's experiencing in that moment so that she can give him feedback. I, we haven't really seen that in a while. I yeah. feel like that hasn't been present in a while. I like that he cares and he's afraid she's going to oh, yeah. get hurt because he knows that for her to wield that power, for her, her to be able to keep that saver in her hands yeah she needs to change her attitude yeah he's he's concerned yeah i mean and a lot of people compared it to a father being concerned for his daughter yeah he knows what's gonna happen the moment others know she has that saver yeah and he's not gonna be always there Ezra is not gonna be always there the people who love her and can protect her are not gonna be there all the time she needs to be able to do it on her own yeah So he's afraid that her emotions, the way that she's feeling, is stopping her from getting to where she's supposed to get. Yeah. Hera thinks that he's not fully committing because she's not Force-sensitive, because Sabine's not Force-sensitive. And he goes on to say, the Force resides in all living things, but you have to be open to, to it. it. Sabine is blocked. Her mind is conflicted. She's so expressive and yet so tightly wound. She's so... And then Hera says, Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> and Kanan, very. <laughs> and I love that ever since the Mandalorians were introduced in the series, Kanan has had some gripe with them in some way he's like what is it with you mandalorians <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're still training a few days pass by and i love that at one point you see the little conver birds the little yes. the convery birds yes and there's three of, of them. them i personally think it's reflecting kanan Hera and Ezra and how they're watching over Sabine. Sabine. Oh, okay. Uh, that's how I saw it. What did you think when I, you saw I, those I, birds? I, I saw Kanan, Ezra, and Sabine. Oh, okay. The three, not force wielders, but saber, you know. Yeah, yeah, saber wielders, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That would be a cool name for a show. Saber wielders. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fan arrives with some additional supplies. And I love that even though Ezra won in the little match that they were fighting in, he still has to unload the equipment, the uh, the supplies. He, he, he's like, but I won! 
<laughs> that's such a brother thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've done it several yeah. times. I still do it. And then Fen decides to take this opportunity to give Sabine these van braces for Mandalorian van braces designed to fight against Jedi and whatnot. And she's so impressed by the fact that he had these and she's and she f- kind of feels confident, more confident them. by having them. <laughs> I like that Fen says, go take Bridger down a peg or two. <laughs> Oh, man. And Sabine actually overpowers Ezra. Ezra didn't see it coming. And actually, that I saw as a bad thing for Ezra because he should expect the unexpected. At one point, he says, that's not fair. Where did you get those? Well, I mean, in a fight, it's not fair. Well, this is the thing. She's Sabine. And this is the problem that Kanan had with him in some of the episode where we saw a little bit of training. The fact that because he's fighting with Kanan, he doesn't really do or react the way that he should be. With Sabine, it's the same way. He's not really seeing an opponent, an enemy. He sees Sabine. And yeah. he's just helping to train her. Okay, I see. I so he's not expecting anything like that. Because she is his comrade. Okay, exactly. I got it. And Sabine, in the process, I think she learns that tools don't make the warrior. Mm. Just because you have some fancy van braces doesn't mean... And I like that because this honestly uh, reminded me of a, a father, mother, son, and daughter. Fenra was the dad, and Kanan is the mom. And <laughs> daddy, yeah, wait, 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 wait for me. Fenra, the dad, yeah. allows the kid to do whatever he wants, <laughs> gives him the opportunity. The mom comes in and says, That is not how you do things. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kid. You know, mom. So, so when Rao came, gave her the, the band yeah, yeah, yeah. and says, you know, use them and whatnot. And Kanan comes, are you serious? Yeah, I know. Like, that, that's so true. <laughs> this is a good point. I didn't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Kanan confronts her about it. And, you know, she responds by using the grappling line yeah. on him. In this moment, oh my God, if I get that girl, I will give her a talk to and a timeout. Because, <laughs> really, no, I know. how dare she talk to him that way? How dare she treats him no, that way? No, but really, you would have had a chancla in your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. So a chancla in Spanish is a sandal? Yes. Or a shoe of that nature? And I will wield it around yeah. and, fl- <laughs> and fly it. So that that is a deadly weapon when it comes to Spanish mothers. <laughs> Once you see the chancla in the air, you you run. You run. <laughs> Fear the chancla. <laughs> uh, um, so then Kanan, actually, he shuts her down. He says, yes. and I love what he says. He says, history lesson. The Jedi won the war against Mandalore. These tricks will amount to something, maybe save you from time to time, but they won't keep you alive in the long run. Only training and discipline will do that. And I love that. Ben's face yes. when he said that the, the Jedi. Jedi won. It's like... Mm. <laughs> His face was amazing. It's like, okay, okay, I don't know. I don't think so, but if you say so. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. 
And so, yeah, he shut her down. And honestly, Fenn said take Bridger down a peg or two, but I think Sabine needed to be taken down, down a, a peg, peg or, or two. two. Yes. And and other fans have noticed it. I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked about how Sabine is a very capable warrior. But she's very temperamental. She's very temperamental. And I think what people say that she's too perfect, the thing is... She hasn't been challenged in a way where we see her struggle. struggle. And this was the moment for us to yes. see that. Up until now, she's great at what she her, does. Her opponents have always have a weakness. Yeah. And she's been able to tap into that weakness and successfully and, successfully and go above them. This time, Kanan doesn't have a weakness that she can exploit. No. And it frustrates her on top of the fact that she doesn't want to do this. Exactly. She doesn't want to be there. And she so does, it's sort she's of fighting like, against it herself. It compounds yeah. all the feelings that she's yeah. had. The fact that on top of everything else, I'm really not as good as I think I am. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that she's done all these amazing things throughout the series, but she's done them because she's never been challenged in this way. And this is why I love about this episode, because now she's facing a challenge that has, has so many levels. Yeah. Ah, so great. <laughs> and so she storms off and she calls him a lousy teacher in the process. And it reminds me of when Ezra very beginning of the season when he had the holocron the sith holocron mm -hmm. and he said i don't need it just like i don't need you yeah he was a brat then <laughs> and she was a brat now and i'm gonna turn to a comment by our one of our listeners franklin actually if you haven't checked out his work he writes for unmistakably star wars definitely check out his work he writes some great articles some great reviews and he said i would say it was more of a defense mechanism of sabine because she hurt so much that she turned to anger That was in response. I, I shared your brat comment on social media. <laughs> so that was a, a, his response to that. Okay. So But I see that because that's where brats are. <laughs> no, think about it. When a kid behaves in that manner, that's what you call him. You call him a brat mm. because they think they're entitled, but they're really not. But she's reacting she, from a, yeah. Yes, and this is why I say on top of everything else, she's mm -hmm. realizing she is not that great. Mm. So the whole thing makes it even worse. But still, knowing the history, knowing how they're been there for her, knowing the relationship of how many years she was wrong. <laughs> and I also love that you have this amazing crush on Kanan. You're like, I love this man. <laughs> How He's dare, awesome. You're like, how dare she call Kane in that? Yes. <laughs> oh, you were so offended. Yes, I was. <laughs> He's this amazing person, an unbelievable warrior, because let's face it, he's turned into that. He's teaching her. He worries so much and he loves her so much that he cares and wants her to be able to go to the ends of the earth with the whole thing. And she just, ah. Oh, <laughs> so she goes off and Ezra goes to talk with her and he and this is what I love most and I've said it before what I love most about Ezra is that he has the ability to show empathy he yes. has he can empathize with people very easily and he's saying to her that Kanan means well oh before you proceed one more difference between Ezra and Anakin and Anakin had no empathy 
I think he did. Anakin had the ability to feel things, but to actually connect and have that empathy, that feeling where it's not just you, it's about somebody else. He didn't have that. Yeah, he cared and he did the right thing. Yeah, wanted to do good, but he didn't have that feeling. And that's why it was easier for him to turn. turn. Because only when you are not able to get that connection can you actually turn away and do the things that he did. Mm. You know, I, I agree with that because there was another character, his name was Quinlan Voss, and Sal loves him. And <laughs> and and he joined the dark side and he was able to come Pull back away from, it. from it. But because, because he was able to empathize with, with others. Other, yeah. And I love that about Quinlan when, too. When you have that ability, which is why I always say to you guys, okay, maybe you're not great leaders that have power and whatnot. But the fact that you guys have that ability to feel for others and feel what others are feeling without being there, just knowing that they're suffering and actually cry for that and feel it that way is, to me, is amazing. Gosh, I know there have been instances where I'm like, man, I wish I could turn off all my emotions because it really overwhelms me sometimes. Yes, it does. It is. Yeah. And so Sabine tells them that she's a traitor to her family and she says, I don't want to talk about these things. How can I lead my people? How can I go back there and face them? And Ezra, in response, he says, at least you have parents to go back to. Now, I know some people took this to be like, this isn't some sort of a competition sort of moment. No, he's reminding he's her that she still has a chance. chance to fix things. And he doesn't have the opportunity, opportunity to do that. He's not rubbing it in her face. Hey, I, my sob story is better than your sob story. He's reminding her that you can actually make a difference here. You, you actually have an opportunity to do something about it. Yeah, and he doesn't want her to let it go to waste. Some people need a reminder. Hey, you have the opportunity to do this. I don't. Take advantage of it. it. So Don't feel sad because I can't. Just take advantage of the fact that you can. I completely agree. And so, you know, she kicked this thing twice. And we find out that this thing that she's been kicking is the Bendu. It's the Bendu. (laughs) And, And this is the thing. He reacts to it. Yes. He sees her Her. walking away. Yeah. So do you think he approached her to talk to her about her imbalance? Where where we didn't see Exactly. Where we go back to Ezra and Fenn. No. You don't think they talked? No. Because the way she came back, although she admitted that it was wrong of her. And I think that if they had talked, she would have responded a much different way when she came back Mm. and it wasn't i don't know the way that she came back it wasn't like she knew she had done wrong she came in willing to continue but i don't think that it was an influence of yeah and it wasn't like she was coming to apologize she actually didn't she no, said, I should, she say, say, I should, I should a, say the a, same, same thing to you. Know? you. Yeah. So it, 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 her response to what Kanan said, yes, okay, I got it. I, I accept it. But I don't see her coming with that intention. I see. Okay. I like to think that they did. And that's what convinced her to come back. Like she could have just stayed out there longer. She probably didn't want to because of the spiders, to be honest. <laughs> 
I wouldn't stay out there. No, no. <laughs> but in that case, why do you think the bendu was there? Do you think it was because to show that there was an imbalance? E, probably. Probably. And, uh, and like through the uh, nature's perspective, I guess. Yeah. But I would love to see what happens because I, I know it cannot just be a coincidence. It cannot just be a little flick. Oh, he's Bendu. <laughs> no, no. It has to be something more. I wonder. Yeah. Maybe in the following episode or in the next coming episodes, we might find the Bendu again. And we've heard that the Bendu has is a dark side, side. apparently. This may be the way he shows that dark side Maybe? by telling somebody or sharing what he heard with somebody that he shouldn't be sharing it with. Nah, uh, maybe talking to Gar Saxon or something. Hey, you never know. Oh, you know crazy what I'm saying? Theories, yeah. So I don't know. No, I get you. It, 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 there has to be more. That little up cameo. They do by things the for a purpose. Yeah, yeah. it has yeah. a purpose. So then Kanan talks to Hera again and says that teaching Sabine is not the same as teaching Ezra. He, Ezra was eager to learn, more than eager, <laughs> you know, sometimes. And Hera says that Kanan's holding back because he's not letting her use the Darksaber. She's not going to commit if you keep using that training stick. And Kanan says, look... Sabine is a capable warrior, in some ways more so than Ezra, but she can't or won't find balance within herself. Until she does, wielding an actual lightsaber is far too dangerous for her. So yes, he's 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 concerned concerned of her hurting herself. Yeah. And she says she's already hurt. Her family hurt her more than that sword will ever do. And Hera knows this. And I love the fact that apparently in the original script, I, I remember reading that the Bendu was actually supposed to be the person Kanan would talk to. Yeah. Maybe that's why the Bendu was there. But they changed it so that it was Hera. Because Hera is the one who has had the experience of facing those difficulties with family. Additionally... She is part of the family, so they wanted to keep it within the family. They didn't want some outsider, no offense, Bendu, but they didn't want some outsider trying to influence mm -hmm. uh, Sabine's training. So then she says, because I know what it's like when people you love don't believe in you, when they let you walk away. Remember how hard it was for her to trust us. Give her the sword, let her own it and who she is. Help Sabine face her demons. And I love that she says, ultimately, this isn't about you. It's about her. And you should be encouraging her to use the actual saber, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your concerns. Oh, man, she totally showed him. <laughs> showed him right. <laughs> Before she comes back, Ezra is concerned of where she is. You know, she's wondering when she's going to come back. But he's confident at the same time that she can do this. Yeah. But she just needs more time. And unfortunately, Fen says that their time isn't on their side. Things need to happen now. And Sabine comes back and Kanan actually gives her the saber. He follows through with Hera's advice. She ignites it, and I love this part. He says that he explains to her that she's directing a current of power. Thoughts and actions become energy, and they flow through the crystal. I love that. I didn't know that about the saber. I mean, obviously, you connect with your saber in some way because you created it. You meditate on it for such a long period of time as you're constructing it. But at the same time, when you're wielding it, I didn't think that there was so much involved when it comes to the person wielding it and the saber itself so your thoughts and your emotions and your goals basically channel 
through, through it, it as energy. Oh, that's so, so cool. Oh, oh, I love Star Wars, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so they practiced with the actual savers. Yeah. And I love that. They were like, high, middle, low, high, and... middle, low. But he tells her to do better. better. And he pushes and pushes yeah, and pushes. He's poking because, and prodding. Because what he's trying to do is break her. Yeah. He he has to break that wall. Wall. Yeah. At one point, I love that she uses the grappling line to grab the saber. And Ezra's like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's trying to jab her and get her to talk. What's the truth? You've been running away. Blah, blah, blah. He's antagonizing her to the point where she unleashes. It's like a water dam exploding. Yeah. We get the truth. Yes, the truth. And it was such an amazing action scene, too. Yeah. Oh, she totally overpowered him. And Kanan goes on to say, you're not fighting me. You're fighting yourself and you're losing. That's when she opens the floodgates and she says, I left to save everyone. My father, my mother, my brother. Everything I did was for my family, for Mandalore. I built weapons, terrible weapons, but the Empire used them on Mandalore, on friends, on family, people that I knew. They controlled us through fear. Mandalore feared the weapons I helped create. I helped enslave my people. I wanted to stop it. I had to stop it. I spoke out to save them, save everyone, but when I did, my family didn't stand with me. They chose the Empire. They left me, gave me no choice. The Empire wanted to destroy worlds, and they did. They just broke mine. Oh, Dave Filoni. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. That was amazing. Amazing. And talk about a confession. And then Kanan's response to that. Oh, man, and the fact that she has a brother. And I like that when she said that, it actually transitioned over to Ezra. Because in a way, yeah, I love shipping them. (laughs) But if you interpret it differently, you interpret it platonically, he is sort of like a brother to her. He's, He's become that brotherly figure. I wonder if when she sees Ezra, she sees her brother, Brother. Mm -hmm. who she hasn't seen in who knows how long. And Kanan, in response, he says, your family is in a prison of their own making. It's up to you to help them out of it. And that reminded me of, remember, Chirrut and Cassian, Mm -hmm. when they were locked up in that prison. Yep. And Cassian, he was in his own prison. And Sherrod. Felt it. Felt yeah. He sensed it, and he told Cassian that there are different types of prisons, and you're 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 definitely in one, and you're carrying it with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, blind blind Kanan, blind blind Chera to being wise. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fan and Ezra and Kanan pledged their allegiance to her in a very Lord of the Rings type way. It was so awesome. That was so cool. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah. The, the music, the score from Kevin Kiner uh, continues to blow my mind in combination with that scene where they're just kneeling in front of her. And Kanan says, this family will stand by you no matter what you choose. Oh, that's so beautiful. (laughs) But yeah. So many feels. So many feels indeed. So moving on to listener questions. Remember last week when we had the one awesome email from Angela? Yes. And you were kind of like, well, that's it. There's no more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because there's always so many. There's always, and right? I was like, oh, okay. we got a break. All right. <laughs> well, now we have double oh, the, yeah. 
amount. Oh, many, wow. many thanks. Genuinely, many thanks to everyone for submitting their thoughts and their questions. And this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. So at two times underscore mom on Twitter, she said, I don't have a question for the podcast. Just wanted to express that I was in awe of this episode from beginning to end, from the gorgeous Kevin Kina score to the outstanding voice acting of Tia and Freddie, and to the amazing storytelling by Dave Filoni and the beautiful scenes we saw come to life. It was such a great episode and so heartwarming to hear Kanan say at the end, this family will stand by you no matter what. Tears were flowing down my cheeks. As someone from a sort of dysfunctional family during my youth, I know how meaningful and how a life-changing moment it can be to hear those words from someone that took you in as one of their own. I love this show enormously and I know... I should be preparing myself for what's to come because these characters are all in my heart and I don't want to lose them. Although, I kind of know it will be inevitable for some of them. Dave Filoni has proven once again that he is a master in storytelling and I'm looking forward to seeing what he has in store for us fans in this show and his next. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Thank you to Times underscore mom for sharing that because this is an example of someone who at a younger age had experienced, you know, what she said, a dysfunctional family of sorts. And a lot of people experience that. Yes. It's more common than what you than what you oh, think. Oh, yeah. Very common. You have to understand that there's a lot of kids having kids. Yes. And people coming from different backgrounds, not being able to deal with the reality and all these things. If you're not able or have the skills to cope with it, it can destroy you. It, it can affect you, affect you yeah. immensely. Yeah. So there's a lot of that out there. And we tend to think that it's not normal. But it is. It is. It's very normal. It happens a lot. And we need to start thinking about it and accepting it, not as an exception, but more of a commonality, because that's the only way we're going to be able to deal with it. Yeah, so true. And Patty has a few thoughts and questions. She said, this is Sabine's episode for sure. What did you both think of how she reacted to the request to wield the Darksaber and gain the cooperation from Mandalore? I mean, that's such an overwhelming task. She she knows what it represents. She knows the responsibility that it represents. To me, it is understandable that she will react that way. Yeah. Because this is a a responsibility that goes beyond anything she's ever done. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure on someone's shoulders. And like we mentioned earlier, she was in her right to react that way because she's afraid of potentially losing the family that she currently has. She's afraid of what could happen if she confronts the family that she left behind. That was the proper way for her to react, really. Yeah. It would have been out of character for her to be like, okay, okay yeah, yeah, I'll do let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. And that would not be Sabine. And it wouldn't have flowed very well if she had completely rejected it and walked out in that moment. Yeah. And her next question is, love the family portrait in Sabine's room. And I'm going to capture that as a screenshot for my cell phone for sure. I did not realize until the end when she talked about her family not sticking by her that the painting may have more meaning. I believe that this is a reminder to her. I think that this is her new family and that she can depend on them. What did each of you think of the portrait? Exactly I, was, the same yeah, thing. It's such know, a it, cute portrait. Yeah, it, this is her family. Yeah, and it's I love that it's a season two 
version yeah. of them. So yes. she still has her blue, aqua blue hair. And Ezra still has his long hair. And Kanan as, is not blind. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and what's interesting is the position of it. It's on the ceiling so that when she goes she to sleep, sleep, she sees that's it. what she sees. That's what she focuses on every time she closes her eyes, every time she opens her eyes. That's what she sees. It's her cornerstone. Those are the That's the thing that holds her up. That's what yeah. she fights for. And she she goes on to ask, what did you think about what we learned at the end of the episode about her family not standing by her? That was crazy because, wow, how dense can you be to stick with the Empire and not your own when... All she's trying to do is protect protect you. you and make you great again and be away from the empire. Yeah. That shows how many of them are so enamored with power. Yeah. That they will be willing to sacrifice whatever to have it. Mm-hmm. They'd rather be with the empire and have this illusion of power that be free and stand on their own i wonder if her brother felt that way too i wonder if her brother i don't know even because he would have he would have gone with her if that had been the case even if he didn't based on, on what i heard he probably would have stand with the family yeah because this is precisely why she was shunned and turned away because she didn't behave in the manner it was expected yeah which was to stand with the family regardless of what was happening. Right. She couldn't do that. Mm. So maybe the brother thought the same way, but he didn't have that inner force to stand up and say, I'm with her. Right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And she also asked, Kanan sure was attempting to train Sabine differently than he did Ezra because she was not eager to learn. I thought that Kanan was on the right track until Hera told Kanan that this was not the right way. Did Ma think that Kanan's training strategy was good or did she agree with Hera? I agree with both Mm. because he was doing what he thought was right based on his own knowledge and experience. And Hera knows more about Sabine, is more in tune with with Sabine because of her own background. Right. So she sees something different. You see, we always think that we have to see the same things and we don't. No. What we need to learn is to reconcile, reconcile the differences mm-hmm. and meet at a middle point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we we as a human humanity we haven't learned to do. Yeah. This moment between Canaan and Hera shows exactly that. Two opposite thoughts and views on the same person yeah. coming together to yield results. Yeah. That's why I love Kanan and Hera so much. They might not be in a, a romantic relationship, but they're a type of relationship that everyone should emulate because communication is key Key. that's why relationships sometimes fail because the other person's not willing to meet them in the middle or the communication's not there there i agree with both because they both see sabine in a different light god i love kenan and hera so much (laughs) and they're able to compromise and kenan doesn't shut her out or turn her turn her away or even feels like her being right takes away from him right exactly Exactly. He takes that into consideration and he molds, customizes his teaching methods based on her feedback. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is what a good teacher does. does. Yeah. And uh, Patty also asked, Ezra, I believe, has matured because he does not seem to have the same crush on Sabine as he did in the past. Do you think his feelings are maturing or that he has been around her for a while and sees her differently? Could it be a combination of both? Amy also asked, what were your thoughts about Ezra and Sabine's interactions? <laughs> did they add fuel to your shipping fire? <laughs> <laughs> so personally for me I'm perfectly comfortable with both ways they can stay as best friends as people who support each other in a very platonic relationship and I'll be completely happy with that because we don't see that often you know a lot yeah. of a lot of the time you think oh the woman and the man have to be, to in, be a in a relationship that is not necessarily true no yeah so it, it'd be great especially for the audience this show is geared toward it'd be great to see Sabine and Ezra be friends and continue to be colleagues and comrades and peers and, and whatnot as they continue to grow old, older together and hopefully not die. <laughs> me being me, of course, in my head, I like to I like to bear them up. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely added more fuel to my shipping fire. But I I could also interpret it as man, he was very brotherly, very very annoying. He was yeah he, <laughs> in a very brotherly way. To me he 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 was being a brother. And I don't necessarily think that he may not be attracted to her anymore because I'm pretty sure that is a yeah, I'm pretty sure that that if a guy <laughs> that if a guy comes along and starts flirting, he's gonna get annoyed. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I would, <laughs> but but <laughs> I also see his his brotherly love. And by hot, I mean that she's very smart. She's very beautiful. Yes, and <laughs> I just wanted to emphasize that hot can encompass very many things. things. <laughs> Yes, he's maturing. And yes, their relationship is definitely maturing as well with yeah. them. But I still think that it could go either way. Either way, yeah. It can go either way. Yeah. I like that answer, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and she also said, I wondered where Bendu was. Figured Kanan would set up camp near him for protection. And because that is where he last learned a valuable life lesson. Therefore, I was expecting Bendu to pop up in this episode. But not exactly how it happens. My hubby and I laughed out loud when he we found out that the rocks Sabine was kicking was actually Bendu. Disappointed we did not at least hear him comment about this. Cass also said on Twitter, opinion on how everyone seems to run to Bendu when they need to work something out even if they don't know it. I was surprised when I, I saw Bendu. Me too. I was like, oh, snap, that, it's, that, yeah, it's Bendu. <laughs> but it made me think. It made me think a lot. Like, what is going to happen here because mm. that cameo is not just the cameo mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm. so it puts a lot of thought into why mm. why he reacted to her you know yeah and as for running to bendu when when questions need answering in the earlier part of the season you had kanan and ezra try to go to him to seek advice and it's just that you know they need a third opinion in a way and the bendu would offer a non-biased 
opinion. opinion. He's a great person, a great creature, great being <laughs> to be able to hash out some sort it's of like problem. If, you, if you're seeking the answer to a question, don't you take your phone He's or Google. whatever <laughs> and Google it, right? A Wikipedia. Like, you, yeah, you yeah. immediately go there and do it. Yeah, yeah. Bend this Google. Yeah. <laughs> Bend this Google. Yeah, you know? <laughs> In a way. Yeah. In a way. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like he's there. He's a tool for me to expand ideas in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her last question is, did you notice that instead of just music, when the Star Wars Rebels logo comes up, there is some sort of chanting? If you did, what did you think is being chanted? So yeah, this is what when Fenn was telling his story, there was some sort of chanting towards the very end of it. Mm-hmm. And it transitioned over to the Star Wars logo. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. A lot of people thought they were saying Vode on, which is a Mandalorian saying. So I thought, a lot of people thought they were saying that, but it actually doesn't really sound like that. It was, it's just chanting. It's just emphasizing the fact that Mandalorians are warriors and that's what they do. <laughs> you know? Like the, the haka. Yeah, like the haka. Oh, man, so good. So yeah, I really like that they incorporated that into the, the Star Wars Rebels logo because it emphasizes that this episode is going to focus on Sabine and the Mandalorian history that's going to be seen from her perspective. And Amy also said... Love how Kanan took Hera's input and changed up training. Their attachment is healthy and increases his strength. Together is greater than Than alone. alone. So, yeah, that's what we had talked about before. Uh, It's a very healthy relationship. They know how to communicate with each other. And they're the perfect example, really. I think everyone should follow that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, We all have our opinions. I have my opinions. You have your opinions. opinions. Everybody has their opinions. The key is being able to respect each other and being able to listen to each other. Yes. Not just hear, because hearing is an ability. Listening is a skill. You need to develop the skill of listening, of understanding others. You may not agree with them. You may not be able to think like them, but you need to be able to accept what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, and try and find a a, a middle ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Andy asked, what did you think of Sabine's emotional journey in this episode? I thought it added so much to the character, not just for what's to come, but from what's come before in season one and two. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, like I mentioned before, she had a cement wall around her a brick wall around her and it was done with a purpose it was done that way because it was leading up to this momentous event that showed so much emotional baggage on her shoulders and it wouldn't have been as impactful if we had known those details before if we had known that she had a brother what she had done in the empire in season one or season two it would not have had the same impact her emotional journey a lot of people identified with that it was very relatable so real because it is something that happens every day you know people are born into families that unfortunately don't give them the support to grow a lot of people identified with Sabine because of that because their families have shunned them and we're actually going to get into an email a very personal email that that is an, an example of that she had to break down that wall. She yeah. she had to come to that 
top of the mountain. I don't see that as her being able to just freely talk about her emotions. Oh, no, 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 no. no she's no. still going to be the guarded no. person that she is. It, it, that doesn't change who she no, is. No, no. She is naturally yeah. a stubborn person. Yeah, in that, that doesn't ma- in that change way. who she is. It just makes it easier for her to get into her new role. Yeah. I can I can see Ezra at some point. So Sabine, let's talk about this, this, and that. Shut up, Shut up Ezra. <laughs> like she's still be herself. <laughs> and Stefan said, so I guess we can start with Kanan saying that Mandalorian war that the Mandalorian war is canon. Also, Kanan saying the force is in everybody, but it's up to them to open themselves up to it. So yeah, the Mandalorian war. That was a very interesting fact that Kanan tossed in there because it confirms. I guess it canon this event and that you had talked about earlier ma the fact that the force is in everything and everyone um it's just that some have the ability to connect with it in a way that others don't yeah 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 and it's up to uh, it's like what Stefan said it's up to them to open themselves to it so ah man I wish I could do that I wish the force was real so that way I can like spend time meditating and trying to open myself up to the force the the, the Dalai Lama yeah 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 there there are things like that that, (laughs) yes there is yes yes this is true this is true so one day maybe I'll I'll meditate for an hour or two Um. I don't have the patience for it, though. You're too, too out there. I know. Megan said, I felt this episode showed growth for both Sabine and, and Kanan. They both learned strength and trust in their respective roles. I am excited for her return to Mandalore. Will she be able to unite her people? It definitely won't be easy. Will Thrawn show up? I was very moved when Sabine was telling her story. Her emotions and accompanying music brought it to another level. I teared up. So that would be interesting. Uh, Thrawn is a, an appreciator of art. Yes. Sabine basically embodies art. And Mandalorian culture, for sure, is embedded, has a very specific style of art that's very, um, and we've talked about it before in Star Wars The Clone Wars, and that's very Cubist, I think, very uh, Picasso. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see whether Thrawn and Sabine interact at any point, because I feel like they both care about the same things. <laughs> And there's actually, I'm not surprised, really. I mean, there's actually people who ship Thrawn. Oh, God, no. No, no, people. What are you thinking? No. You know, I'm not surprised. I'm really not. But when I saw it, I was like, that hurts. "Mm, No, that hurts. No. But, you know, characters who don't interact, they still manage to ship them. That's a shipper mentality. God, that gives me... (laughs) That gives gives me the chills and not in a good way. So, yeah, will she be able to unite? Ultimately, will she be able to unite her people? I... It's like you said, Megan. It's not gonna be a very. It's not gonna be an easy task. This doesn't seem like something that's gonna happen overnight. Oh no! So this is going to be an ongoing struggle. Maybe she might gather members of House Vizsla, but who knows what other clans out there will challenge her? Yeah, for that sword and try to bump Vizsla out. Yeah, in order to raise their own house for their own power, for their own gain. Gar Saxon being one of them. It's going to take a while because now you have a lot of Mandalorians who are with the Empire, who identify with the Empire and who want the Empire to be there. Now you have loyalists 
imperial loyalists and like what you said it's not gonna be easy but i i could see her definitely doing this for the long term it would be very interesting for her to continue on dealing with mandalore's affairs with the dark saber at her side oh queen sabine <laughs> bow down to the awesome <laughs> i have a facebook comment dan he said i love how it's like the whole force was curious about sabine and the dark saver Convery's, dogma krikna spiders the bendu they all came to see what was going on <laughs> yeah. i loved hera calling kanan out this isn't about you Boom. (laughs) In just four words, Vanessa Marshall made me feel the full impact of every heartbreaking moment we've seen of Kanan's whole existence. Not only was it a great character beat for both of them, I can't help feeling on a meta level, it's a reminder to fans that Star Wars is bigger than the Jedi. And in that, along with Sabine's confession, it ties into Rogue One. The fight for freedom belongs to us all. I was skeptical, and with everyone saying on Twitter that this might be the best episode of Rebels yet, but boy oh boy, I think they might be right. Bar one, Twilight of the Apprentice is still, I think, the very best thing in all of Star Wars. Tia Sirkar and Freddie Prince Jr. knocked it out of the park, and the writing and animation were excellent. Virtually perfect on every level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you said it perfectly, Dan. I think that this episode is way up there in terms of Star Wars storytelling. It's one of the best things that's come out in recent years, along with Twilight of the Apprentice. And you're right, Hera, when I, when she was shaking her head at Ezra and, and whatnot early in the episode, because he was referring to Force and Force users, that doesn't limit her. You know, she is, she, she's a very capable leader and everyone, everyone is in this fight and not just the Force users. This is not just about the Jedi. This is about everyone being part of the rebellion. And that was a great point. It's bringing it back to Rogue One and the entire rebellion that's taking place. And we have Franklin's email. So we have four emails. <laughs> Man, this is, this is exciting. <laughs> so we have Franklin's email. He said, salutations. When it was mentioned that Zeb went through multiple thought processes that led to the plan of sending back the assassin droid, I realized something. All the way back in Spark of Rebellion, we were shown Zeb's quick thinking. It was the time Zeb had to abandon Ezra to Agent Callus on the botched Wookiee rescue. Zeb knew that the Empire would expect the rebels to not leave a person behind. Zeb quickly weighed the risk, chose to sacrifice Ezra, and immediately regretted the decision. Side note, a sad version Ezra's theme plays after Zeb closes the door. Yeah, uh, that's perfectly true. In Spark of Rebellion, we saw him act, quickly think what was the best thing to do in the situation, and leaving poor Ezra behind was it. Poor Ezra. (laughs) Oh man, and I was actually watching a bit of Spark of Rebellion earlier today, and they've changed a lot. Yeah. A lot, both in terms of the animation, the writing, the voice voiceover. Because Hera sounded so sweet. And now she's like full-on leader in your yeah, face. Like, everything has changed. <laughs> yeah. Everything is different. So things have to change. <laughs> yeah. 
And we also have an email from Red. Red said, Hi, first off, I wanted to say I really enjoyed this episode and I'm excited to see what you two thought. Also, I've accidentally written quite a long email. So if you want to skip past some of it, that's okay. No, it's not okay. (laughs) We're not going to skip it. One of the things I love the most about this episode was seeing Kanan and Hera work together. It's a dynamic I think works very well on the show and I even wish they'd work it in slightly more often. Did the two of you like it as as well and do you think Hera will keep having a say in Sabine's training as she oh, goes yes. forward? Oh yeah. I Definitely. don't see her being sitting down the sidelines when no, it comes no, to no, Sabine. No. no, that is her girl. You know, sometimes I wish that I, I kind of wish that Hera was physically there instead of being just a, a hologram, but I'm glad she was incorporated anyway because I was kind of worried that Hera wouldn't have had a role in this episode. So I was very surprised when she showed up and so pleased that she had a say in what's in Sabine's training. So yeah, this is not the last of it. Hera's going to play a very big role in that and and Sabine's going to look to her for advice. Brad goes on to say, a lot of this episode focused around Sabine dealing with thinking she had to choose between her birth family and her adopted family on the ghost. In the episode, Ezra comments on this, since he's now orphaned. But as a traditionally trained Jedi, Kanan almost certainly never knew his birth family. Do you think they could have worked Kanan's thoughts on birth family versus adopted family in there? Would it not have worked? Or did they just not have time for it in the episode? No, I think that, that it would not have worked the same same way. You see, Kanan, because of the Jedi thing, didn't get to be with his family. Mm-hmm. But that was how it was meant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that That's how it was decided. Ezra lost his family. Yeah. It wasn't that the temple people came and took him away, you know? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was the parents were taken away. He was left alone. And then when he finally was about to f- get them again, he lost them. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a very tragic loss. Canaan's will not have worked the same way. Mm. Estrus is the one that hit where the heart is. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And actually, one brief note on the fact that I was watching Spark of Rebellion earlier. The reason I was watching it was because uh, Ezra says to Sabine, oh, what happened to your real family? And she says the Empire. And I was like, Ezra, come on, your real family? Because your real family could be the ghost family. That could be her real family. What he meant to say was your birth family. Family. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I would wish that the writers would somehow have tweaked that. Because real could be different to different people. And and Red goes on to say again on that line with Ezra saying at least she has a family to go back to. I personally liked it, but I could see some viewing it as a bit insensitive. He's done a similar thing in Legends of the Lassat, where Zeb talks about witnessing the Lassat genocide, where he said, I lost my parents, but you must have lost everything. There, I thought it was a bit rude. After all, the two aren't really comparable. But in this episode, I'm not sure whether Ezra was being rude or not. What do you two think? So when it came to that moment with Zeb, I didn't really see see it as rude. rude. He's, he's, He's stating that my... Yeah, my, my, I have, I I have a loss, loss, but your loss is bigger. bigger. That is a deeper scar. scar. Yeah, he, he he not only lost family, he lost friends, he lost uh, an his entire people, his, planet. He, his entire identity. Oh, yeah. Identity, yeah. So I didn't really see it as rude and I didn't think it was like some sort of competition either no. in that moment. And the same for this moment with Sabine. Uh, it was more of, uh, more again, oh, oh, re-emphasizing. Re- look, you have an opportunity 
that many of us will kill to have, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that is not important, but think about it, you know, think about the opportunity you have and embrace it. Yeah, Take it. Don't squander it. it. Yeah. Because you may not get another one. Yeah. You know? And, and in some way, I wish he would have said that because it yeah. would have come off Most better. better. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of people interpreting it their way. Right. Yeah. And seeing it as, as rude. But that was a fantastic email. Yeah. Uh, right. And yes. The last thing they wrote was, anyway, thank you so much and I hope you have a great time during the hiatus. Uh, you too. Because <laughs> we have to wait four weeks for this episode. The next yeah. episode. I don't have a good time during hiatus. I don't like it. <laughs> and Gerardo, this is the email that I was referring to earlier. So Gerardo wrote, For me, this episode was probably the first time I was almost moved to tears by an episode of Rebels. Closest I came to that prior was the Ahsoka Vader stuff from season two. I've noticed this episode really hit home for me and a lot of friends who have also been disowned by their families, all for different reasons. In my case, it's because I ended up having a different belief system and views than my family. For my friends, it was things such as being disfellowshipped by the Jehovah Witness faith. I wasn't baptized, so I didn't have this happen to me, but I have many fellow ex-witness friends who were baptized and had this happen to them. And in case you're unfamiliar with what it is, it's basically where the religion deems you as a pariah and forbids any members from talking to you. Having progressive views, which went against their families, more traditional ones, which is similar to mine, but not exactly the same case. And because they came out as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, or queer. I know that's all somewhat polarizing stuff to bring up, but it really illustrates just how phenomenal this episode is because it has people who've experienced exactly what Sabine has. It is showing fans of the show what it feels like, the effect and damage it can have on an individual. It is bringing awareness and possibly even opening some people's eyes to how horrible that is and giving people who've endured that a character to look to as a role model for hope, which hope is what Star Wars is all about, or at least one of the things. In my opinion, that is an outstanding thing and deserves all the praise in the world. Good storytelling does these kinds of things because after all, art reflects life. So yeah, that was a very personal email and I'm glad you shared it because that, again, something that's very common. And Yes, I we've we experienced it in our family. My, yeah. my aunt was... Um, Jehovah's uh, Witness. She she was she was and she was shunned this turn away mm -hmm. because of a mistake she made and my sister yeah was the same thing so I understand what he means by and yeah. I've I always say everybody has their opinion everybody has the right to believe in what they feel most close to them to believe but I always put a stop. When it comes to family, any religion, any friend, any organization that tries to come between you and your family, to me, it's a no. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Mm -hmm. Away. Go away. You're not part of what I am. Unity should always be at the forefront of any organization, of any religion, of anything. Anything worth should have that idea of uniting, not dividing. Mm -hmm. So, and, and this is not just one. That there's many oh, other many. religions yeah. that do it and and in one way or another, which is why I find this so disheartening because it shouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. 
it's difficult and and i'm glad you like what you said that there is a character now that people can identify and, and look to because and, they they've experienced the same thing and, and and they can learn you know what you can confront your demons you can confront your fears and do what's best for you and do what you need to come out on the other side mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So thank you, Gerardo, for sharing oh, that. Yes, thank you very much. And last email is from Michael Hinton, who um, has awesome children. <laughs> um, hi, Jonna Marie and Ma. <laughs> uh, just wanted to thank you again for another great show. I always forget to write, so I hope I made the cutoff. <laughs> On another podcast a couple weeks ago, Sal from the Rogue Rebels mentioned that the Mando weapons were created to combat the Jedi abilities. Do you think that Sabine knew this it seemed like when she combined her mando skills with what ezra taught her she was pretty unstoppable sabine has been my family's favorite since the series started safi is on the hera team um what do you ladies think of a sabine spinoff that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my friend brought up the fact that we should really get a Star Wars young adult novel featuring Sabine, especially the part of her life where she was in the Imperial Academy to the point where she left the Imperial Academy and became a bounty hunter. Like, I would love to have that as a novel. Some people would say they could take it as a comic book, but I'm like, no, I want a novel because you can really dive into the person, the character's mind and what they're thinking. So I, I would love a novel for Savine more than a, an actual spinoff. But, you know, I, I can take both. <laughs> uh, and in terms of your earlier question, do you think that Sabine knew about the weapons? Fen told her. Yeah, yeah, that they combat the Jedi's ability. But I think he's asking more about that she already knew prior to him telling her. Uh, I'm pretty sure that she knew. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, She's very skilled she, yes. and knowledgeable in that yeah. area of weaponry. She probably wanted him, but couldn't afford them. <laughs> And he goes on to say, also, this may be a little long and maybe unrelated to your podcast, but I'm curious what you think of my Rebels slash Rogue One theory. Zoe won't have any of it. That's his, <laughs> old, that's his older daughter. Um, so Rogue One takes place right before A New Hope. We know that Hera and Chopper are at Yavin and at the Battle of Scarif. Most likely, Kanan and Ezra are not there because if the Rebels had any Jedi or Jedi-like members, they would have been in the briefing room. Zeb could have been on the ghost with Sabine, but I doubt Sabine was there because being an Imperial-trained Mando, she would have been in the briefing room. Those are my thoughts of where or not where people are. He continues to say Ezra and Maul, in terms of what they saw, they both saw Luke and Ben and Tatooine. Right before the Battle of Scarif, Kanan, Ezra, and maybe Sabine track Maul to Tatooine. They need a ship and enlist the help of March Matten from the Iron Squadron to take them there. They run into a group of quote-unquote kids hanging out in the Tashi station and ask them if they know of Obi-Wan Kenobi. One of the kids tells them of where old Ben lives. They head off running into Kenobi and Maul in the wilderness and Maul is defeated. The crew heads back to Maul's Isley and Ben heads off to the wilderness because he senses Luke is in trouble. Mark Matten can be seen leaving as Ben and Luke enter the city. This is my very quick sketch of what, of what I think happens. Your thoughts. Thanks again. Wow. I know, that was very detailed. 
details. Thanks again for a wonderful show, Mike Hinton. So, Mike, that is... Wow. Uh, that, he, he, that he, is, he wrote uh, the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was pretty cool. I liked how you connected it to Mark Matten from Iron Squadron. A lot of people are like, what was the purpose of showing us those characters? I really think those characters will prove useful in some sort of future event. It could be that. It could be that they uh, assist Kanan, Ezra, and maybe Sabine. I, I personally like to think Sabine is over at Mandalore, handling Mandalorian business. In terms of Kanan and Ezra and where they could possibly be, I don't see them interacting with Maul and Obi-Wan. I, I think for that to happen... That means that they have to jump two years forward. We're still two years behind Rogue One and A New Hope. And the and the hints that we saw in the season mid-season three trailer, it looks like the Maul Obi-Wan confrontation is going to happen this season. So it's not gonna be a time jump. Personally, I think uh that's going the whole Obi-Wan Maul thing is gonna happen without Kanan and Ezra's presence. Maybe Ezra will be there because of his connection with Maul. But otherwise, I think this is it for Maul. This is, I want him gone. <laughs> um, and I don't see, it. he survives yet again. And it's going to be an angry letter <laughs> from, from me and, and other fans. <laughs> because, man, that character just needs to die. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening later on. I, I see this as happening right now. And two years will pass by and that's when we get Rogue One. In terms of where Kanan Ezra are at that time. I like to think that Ezra is no longer on the path to becoming a Jedi. He's just a force sensitive being that basically takes him out of the whole he's the last Jedi, um, Luke being the last Jedi thing. And by the way, that's the name of the movie. Yay! <laughs> and as for Kanan, Kanan is on the path of the Jedi. He is a knight, a uh, Jedi knight. So, and how he'll survive, I, I don't personally, I would like him to survive, but then I I can see him not surviving because of the fact of where he is in terms of the Force and how he adheres to some of the Jedi principles. So, who knows? Who knows, really? Dave! <laughs> Dave! Dave. <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> so, that's it. That's that. So, thank you, everyone. That was... Wow. Uh, that was double Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's because this episode was so good that people wanted to hear thoughts. They wanted to share their thoughts. And we thank you sincerely Yes, always that. welcome. Yeah. And so that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels chat where we'll discuss the episode Legacy of Mandalore, which is... Ooh, more Mandalorian? Yeah, this is a follow-up to what... Oh, yeah, man! Yeah. So we see Sabine holding the uh, Ezra's lightsaber, fighting Gar Saxon, who's holding the Darksaber. <gasps> so in some way, she loses the, the Darksaber, and now she's she has to fight Gar Saxon to get it back. So, oh my god, oh, it's gonna be crazy! <laughs> and that episode, unfortunately, will air February 18. Ugh. And that's almost a month away, and that's not cool. No, I, I, I don't like this I breaks. I don't like it. I don't like this no, breaks. No, no. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher and visit thewookiegunner.com. There'll be plenty of content going on there in the meantime. And follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>